Hey, good evening. This is Waivimo. On a cold night in London, it is quarter to eight on this end of the ocean. What's going on with you? I thought about having a chat with you about how do we deal with an existential crisis. An existential crisis is usually triggered by different things like loss, change in age group from a young one to a teenager, the loss of a relationship, divorce, retirement, for many reasons that you have a crisis in the meaning of life, the purpose of life. And it is usually met sometimes with feelings of being lost, despair, disillusioned, and one wondering, why do I need to keep going on? I thought I'd bring this topic in tonight because I'm also going through my own, so I would be interested in anybody who's listening, who would be interested to chat with me and let's see how we can help each other and others. Now, And I was thinking, hey, you know, let's talk early. How you do, beautiful soul? How can I help you? I'm here to listen, you know what I mean? And any question you need to ask, just ask. Yeah, so I'm going to talk for five minutes, and then I will ask you a couple of questions. All right, let's go. So here's here's what's going on. Um, I, I've been thinking about a lot of people who... Are having crisis, existential crisis, identity through loss, and I'm talking about post-COVID loss of business, loss of relationships, and in my case, it's um, I am differently abled. Plus, I lost a sister last year. God rest. And, God rest. Yeah, and one of the things, especially as people who are raised within traditional home sets where emotions are not discussed. The language is lacking, one. And two, as a Christian, one of these things is people really don't talk about these things in a language that is understood. So you will get, it is well, it will get better, take your time. What do you do? And I was sitting thinking about the growth spot you know, everything that you go through that is painful apparently is supposed to help you grow. And for me, I don't think not everything is supposed to help you grow. Not everything happens for a reason. So in this case, I lost my sister. I have lost my career. I did reinvent myself to be an author. Okay, okay, okay. Salute, salute. Thank you. And... It's still not enough because I think I still have 
so much more to give, but I am limited because I have autoimmune issues that affect me a lot. Okay. So, however, as I was sitting here, I thought, let's talk. I want to talk to somebody who's gone through this and help me process and also to exchange ideas because, again, I'm sitting in London. I don't know where you're sitting. Canada, how you do, my um, British folk, my English folk? I'm good, Mr. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> and especially being of um, African ancestry. So I'm British-born, Kenyan-raised. Okay. Yes, yeah, so you almost have three cultures, some that are very polar opposite. And so you have, who am I and what am I and what am I doing and what am I doing here? But the reality is it's it's about being, not doing. Mm. So mm. Say um, that one more time. Say that one more time for the two people that just popped in and all that, what you just said uh, just now and stuff. Salicia okay. Grace and Maria Baker, who just popped in. Okay. So the the issue about the existential crisis, it's not about your doing. It's about your being. So it's about who you are, not what you do. Okay. So, so who am I? So I do know in the first instance for me, my identity lies at the very foundation of my Christian faith by choice. By choice. And then there is my identity. Who am I? I'm my father's daughter. I am of Kenyan ancestry. I know five generations back. With the loss of my sister, there is the question of what am I supposed to be now? And what am I supposed to do without this other person mm. who's a significant part of my life? And I will give you something. I'll tell you something that was very interesting for me. Before before you tell me, I'm going to pop out and pop back in so we don't get put in the matrix because it's glitching okay. again and stuff. And we're on a good topic. And I want to hear more before because I know you got a little bit more to say before I liberate. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to pop out and pop back in. Okay, I'll just recap what we're talking about. Yeah, today. do that for the people that's popping and recap and let them know, please. And thank you. Appreciate your time. And I'm I'm here to listen. All right. All right. Hi, everybody. My name is Wairimun, uh, known as Nemo to a lot of my friends. And I thought I'd pop in to discuss and to also seek help from the community about how do you deal with an existential crisis? Um, existential crises are, are triggered by loss um, uh, or change over in seasons. So if you're moving from, say, to a, from a working person to retirement or young people from puberty to adulthood or loss of a relationship or loss of a child or infertility or there are very many losses that we experience in life. And within those losses, especially what I call soul wounds, there is always a conflict um, somewhere around the end of the process of grieving where you're trying to find purpose and you're trying to find who you are um, in 
in in the in the scope of life so this came up for me and i've been struggling with it for a couple of months is who am i and within it the first two sentences were i am a child of faith a child of god by choice and i have to quantify this by choice and i am also my father's daughter well but mother's daughter because i come from a patriarchal society so put it this way we are led by the father i'm still my mom's kid but oh I'm yeah we are led by we are led by the father but my, what what was before christ so mother nature right i'm just an old school soul i'm i'm african descended too from zulu nation right and I, i'm a christian but i don't really go on to christian faith i go on to faith of the lord like you said you walk with the father right so, so i i yeah. i think perhaps we, we if we we are to digress it that way for me it's it's pretty simple i'm a daddy's girl there you so go first, okay okay so <laughs> i got a child first, i got a child so i understand where you coming right from. so my first identity <laughs> as a woman and as i'm as a child is my father's daughter right i say that too i say i'm my father's son we all say that right. yeah. yeah so i think that's 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 it it's it's very important to understand because this is why i was talking about the dynamics of you as a human being because yeah. you can come with very different uh or, or or polar cultures within yourself so you i'm 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 african one so i'm kenyan yeah. yes i have an ethnicity yes this ethnicity is guided by these principles yes yeah. but then there's also the christian factor and sometimes even the very christian factor is polar opposite to your ancestry and so you've got to decide which is the dominant based on your values right so like that a, is why i identified myself as my father's daughter and oh anyway, i respect every, that i i respect yeah, that i was only making a little joke because we always say yeah. father's kids we never say mothers and it's women's appreciation month so i was having to put a little something in there for the women out there we are your kids okay. too we are your kids too mothers <laughs> right I, by the way my mom's my homie she's 80 cranky and crazy she's my little gangster mom <laughs> so and I've, I've got a bit of her somewhere there okay okay <laughs> uh but, but um, predominantly i am my father's daughter i'm also named after his mother so now that i got your uh now i got your story right right and i'm listening so okay to so going back in terms of and so i'm going speaking about it because one i'm a christian I live with reactive depression. And there's a very major crisis also within my age group. I, I just turned 53. Well, this is, BT, I'm 45, so we ain't far off. You know what I mean? You're, yeah, still, you're still a young woman. You're still a young woman. You're still, you're, the, new, yeah, the, 50s, like the 50s is new 40s, you know? And the well, 40s the good is thing is, <laughs> I look at it this way. I don't look like what I've been through. <laughs> So we and if we look like we've been through, we'd be like, damn, we'd be looking like hell right now. You yeah. Know? So, uh, so why I came on with with this is that um, there were two things that were running my mind. One for myself to ask for help. Two to have a discussion of people who are both Christian. Now, here's my help to you for my question. My first question: 
right yeah. now for the six months you've been dealing with the the thing how you've been coping when you're waking up in the morning like to cope yeah. before you break down like do you have a breakdown some days or whatever how are you coping with it right now so some it's days, the first thing i need to know how you coping it with it right now it's the first thing i need to know first thing in the morning i'm like thank you god for waking my make for waking me up and god help me to have a supernatural day that's my okay. first words before before my legs hit the floor then i'm like okay god now we're done with that please help me to have a shower because i know the first thing i know of myself is that as long as i hit that shower anything is possible oh cleanliness next to godliness <laughs> anything is possible so i have a marker that says have a shower make your bed even if you want to go back to sleep that's fine but the thing is have a shower clean yourself because then it refreshes your brain and you're ready for the food. day you're ready if somebody calls you right like, oh i need you okay cool and you just chuck on your clothes you don't have to worry about the other things you got your day already started right so that's that means old I, just... I think a lot of like my dad was like that he always would he would shower at night before he goes to bed or he would shower right yeah. in the morning before he gets up and all before he has to do anything just in case right even right. when so, he didn't have to work you know right so what triggered this is because i've been up and down struggling with the who i am so i've got my foundation as you know when you build a house you build a foundation and then you put up the columns well this is this is the first thing stop you i don't i can't tell you stop saying you're a christian but that's one thing trying to know yourself that they define you christian don't define who you are you okay know let I mean? me let, it does okay let okay let me put it correctly charlie and i think this is respectfully how we will you would appreciate how i i i identify i'm actually a follower of the way i, oh, I, to I respect that i ain't saying nothing I, about that I no no I, okay so the important thing is that foundation in terms of the way jesus worked with but but the, this is your hang answer on, hang me. On. Let, let, yeah yeah let but you're asking, this is it i'm going to you're asking a question how to find yourself and i'm just letting you know what a psychologist or whatever her father told me yeah we can have our faith we could always say christian i'm a christian and stuff but what are you before christian who are you before you get put baptized you are a child of who of god who are you? You are that child of faith of everything. What are you? You are that person of what's grown from a child to a man to a woman that maybe get baptized later on. You are still a person of God, no matter but, yeah, if you're but baptized I, I think or you not, need to. Right? If we go back to what I said, Charlie. No, I'm just and, saying and that on, you want to yeah, identify okay. yourself on who you are, and that's the first thing of finding out who you are is identifying right. yourself to something else other than just you're a Christian. You're more than just a Christian. You're a beautiful lady, probably a mother, probably, a, and you were a sister, a great sister to you, your sister. You know what I mean? You're more than that. That's what I'm trying to say. It, to you. This is why we're having this conversation because, as I said, I know if I'm listening go, girl if, I'm yeah listening. if we if we go back I said number one is that my foundation mine not everybody's mine my foundation is is this this is I am a follower of the way 
I am my father's daughter. And being my father's daughter comes with everything. His kids, his ancestry, our tradition, everything else that, that comes with that. Now, within that, or out of that, is there's me, the great cook, the, 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 the you know, the best-selling author, great encourager. Mm, there you Mom, go. Mommy's homie, you know, all that came with me. I didn't, I, I, it didn't like kind of shock me. The traits were there. They just grew as I grew older. Mm. Now, um, the key thing for me tonight was not just for me, but to hear it from somebody else is that within, I'm also an activist. I've been a trade union rep and I am a mental health activist. And I am very concerned that within what we don't see is a layer of people probably my age um 45 to 60 who are going through what i'd call identity crisis because things are not shaping up as how we thought they would be plus covid plus you know the 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 what you might call it the the, the Ukraine issue, and we're oh, yeah, looking. Yeah, the we're war, looking at our uh, our years. And my time. At... Hold up, I ain't cutting you off, sister. I'm just letting you know if I back out, it's because my time is almost gone, and I'll pop back up. But no, like okay. I had identity crisis. I I'm like you and stuff. I used to say I'm this person, I'm that person. I always find me as that. But then somebody said, no, you're more than that. Like you were saying, you mm-hmm. were Arthur, you are this. So then I started mixing them together, and that's how I started finding myself. I am who I am meant to be, and that's right. meant to be a happy person if i'm happy if i'm sad then i have to try to find where my happiness comes from i'll be back okay right uh hi everybody i guess you're going in for a very interesting evening <laughs> um i just uh, chuckled because um we come from different temperaments and we are different temperaments and we have different experiences and therefore it is important to listen and to hear what others are saying so that within it we get wisdom because this is what this app was for to to gain wisdom so just going back to what i was saying is that i've been struggling with um who i am now after the loss of my sister. Can I can I just one question to be deep in all that? Um can I ask you how was your sister to you? Like um like was she with at um punch a girl in the face if they call you a name sister, stuff like that, you know, Ooh, if I had given birth to her, I would have had a perfect child. <laughs> if we had if we had been born twins she would have been the evil one and I'd have been the the best one because we were very synchronized, very synchronized in temperament. So there's part of you right there. You have to look at the, how you were when you were with her. That's part of you. You got to realize, okay, she might be gone, but she's still beside you and inside you because she's blood. You know, the African thing, the temple, your body is your temple. So the family is your temple too so you'll get that you know what i mean sometimes you'll have the 
you know, uh, you act like your your sister. You have some treats for your sister. You might have she some had treats, me, you know, or you had treat, or she had treats from you. You know what I mean? Right. And, which uh, which goes back to something I remember this week, or rather, my my friend Ada Wairimu reminded me. There's a phrase in in French that says "tu me manque." The French don't say "I miss you." They say "you are missing from me." So. Miss Jean is missing from me. A very large part of me is missing. Now, for me, that is my crisis. Okay. That 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 is my pain plus the pain of having to walk away from a career I loved, um, and, and questioning what what happened to my life in the last twelve years. What am I supposed to do? The irony is, I cannot. I can see what I've achieved to be a best-selling author at the first try in, on Amazon is not easy, but I did it. I have accolades, but I'm not seeing those accolades. I I don't know. I got, I don't, I'm a very humble person, right, to my thing. And uh, a lot of my friends say, yo, if I had the accolades, what you have, um, and I hear other people talk and brag and say this, I would brag about it and let people know because then, they will have more faith in you, right? So it's right. all okay to brag about them accolades. Don't that's part of you because if you didn't have them accolades, then what would you be, right? So I, I appreciate you doing all the do doing all the accolades. What you're doing because me, I don't have that confidence uh, to brag or whatever. Because I feel like if I do, I'm trying. To, I'm taking from somebody, but somebody I, said I, no, you're I, not. I don't... I so don't. I'm, I'm still trying to find myself too. Like you, you got confidence. There's part of finding yourself right there. It's that confidence. Yes, I, that, I find that confidence. What you got right. right now to talk about your accolades. That's that's great confidence. Right, but the thing is, I don't see them, and I'm not seeing them. So, for example, I use this example. Um, you, Charlie, I've seen you, and I think you've sent me a couple of questions, and I enjoy listening to your podcast. Now, I appreciate here, that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, here, here is the thing. I know you from Adam. I, I think that if I even just talking to you right now, I think we'd have a hoot if we had met for coffee. Why? Because you sound strong-willed, strong, strong, strong-willed. And, and I don't mean it in a horrible way. No, I know where you come from because, like, I don't like a bullshit, and it's in the African blood. Tell me the truth. If you got something to tell me wrong, I don't care. Yeah. I'd rather you tell me straight up instead of just beating around the bush because you beating around the bush hurts my feelings more than you telling me the truth. Right. You so know? I think you and I would have a whale of a time because we're strong-willed and strong-minded. We We have worked at what we need to be, and it is very difficult for somebody to come and walk all over you and start telling you, well, I think you should do this or you should do that or be that. You'd look at them with one raised eyebrow. Are you kidding me? That's right. why I said to you, I can't say you should do this and stop saying that you're Christian because that's part of you too. So that's why I said I can't say you should because we're all, like you said, we're all different. We have different ways of thinking. But some right. people don't listen like you said they don't listen to other people's ways they just want to hear their way but how are you going to educate yourself and know other people's feelings if you ain't going to take the time to open up your ears right okay so now 
That is true. And that is also a gift because not everybody is given wisdom. Let's get this right. People have knowledge, but lack understanding and wisdom because the three have to work together for your wholeness. You can yeah. gain a whole lot of knowledge, but if you have zero understanding or wisdom, then um, you would end up absolutely just some academic person who has a lot of knowledge, but zero application. Yeah. Because that is what wisdom is. So I'm coming back to help me out there, anybody who is there. How do we deal with an existential crisis? So for me, the first thing was identifying the first two things, my first two layers. Then it was, you got to have a shower every day. Bring it down to every day. Have a shower. Make your bed. Have breakfast. After that, anything goes. That means I can write from 10,000, 2,000 words to 5,000 words in a day. Early. Then there is my prayer time, which is essential to me. There is conversations during the day with my parents, which keeps me grounded because my parents are 87 and 80. And so I have Ooh, a time okay, okay. laughing myself silly and then picking up the phone, talking to my nieces and my, and my, and my siblings, because that is my foundation. Early. But they, then there is the other part that has to deal with the actual being and continuing with life again, because this is a transition and a transition is crazy and if you move too fast the vortex will take you mm. right i'm just here listening taking it in soaking it in vortex right so for me those are just day-to-day -day things and today i just felt well, i'm gonna shout it out there let's find somebody who might be able to help me and talk no. to others I lost my father. I lost. I just lost a brother. I go I, like you know. I'll talk about it. I just lost a brother, but me and him wasn't close. But we knew each other. You get what I'm saying? And right. uh, but how I got over that is because I lost my dad just like a couple years before him, and my uncle. Right. So it was like, you know, what I mean, all I got is I, I got an army now. Basically, God guided me to not do wrong, you know? That's what I take to get past them kind of crisis and stuff, because if not, you know, I was, I, I had suicide thoughts and I met up with this girl who was into music and we became right. good friends, like whatever. And um, somebody, uh, was it, said, yo, you should do stuff with her, like a music um, little thing. So we did and she started being my promoter and I took her in like a sister. Because I'm just that old school dude, like, you know what I mean? I'm like, yo, man, I, I you're like a sister to me and all that. I could never break this bond what we have, you know? And mm -hmm. when I needed that call, she was there for that call that helped me through that crisis, you know what I mean? Like, nah, you you more than a a-hole. You more than a Christian dude. You more than this. You, you are Charlie, you know what I mean? And people always, when you leave, everybody's like, where'd Charlie go? You, he the life of the party, man. When he gone... You got to listen to that in your mind that you, you're you something great. Stop taking these things because girls said, oh, you ain't going to find another girl like me or whatever like that. That's just because they're just angry with their own self. And she talked me out of doing something to myself. So, you know, like to get out of that crisis, like you said, everybody needs somebody to talk to. Everybody That's needs great. somebody to go through that who maybe went through that same thing to understand. 
You know, every right. you're not alone in this world, people. A lot of people been through crisis out there. They just don't know how to talk to it about it. Right now, I'm confident to talk about my crisis, but I'm not confident to talk about my acolytes. Is that weird? No, I think that there are two parts, and I will tell you. I'm here to listen. Yeah, my time's going down. I'll come back up. I'm going to stay out for two minutes in case somebody else want to pop up. And I'm going okay. to elaborate on what I said. Ask about, is that weird? And you can let me know. And I'll listen back there and I'll pop back up. Thank you Bye. for having, uh, having me up and your time and your beautiful soul. Keep on doing blessing things. I'm here to listen. I, I like this. Thank you. And be back. I will. All right. So, so this is interesting that um, Charlie and I have gone through losses at different parts of our lives. And one of the interesting things is that Charlie was not close to his sibling, but he, of course, with his relationship with his dad, that is a significant loss. Now, this is my first significant loss. And I've learned something from him, which I take for granted, is that everybody must have somebody to talk to. Um, and it is very difficult sometimes to articulate what you are going through to somebody who has not walked in those shoes, not your shoes, those shoes. Because how you react and act and behave towards any crisis is very different. Um, when I was told I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, I looked at the doctor and I said, well, I'm going to reinvent myself, which I did and became an author. But it did not happen as quickly as I thought it would. I was then diagnosed with lupus and I remember sitting on the floor and crying, which is strange because I don't normally cry immediately. I tend to disassociate, get on with life, and then I crash after that. So I do know my pattern. But this is one identity crisis that I'm struggling with and struggling with it even with faith because I cannot seem to see the blue skies. Um, I see things in color. So dark is I've gone down the rabbit hole. I haven't been down that one for a long time. And then there's gray, just normal gray. So it's, it's not too bad. Then there's dark, angry gray. And that dark, angry gray is usually anger. It does not help that the weather in London mirrors what is going on. So there could be a conflict between what I'm seeing outside and what's going on inside. We have a lot of people who are going through crises at my age, um, the young ones who have invested in school, degrees, education, and there are no jobs. The prospects are very minimal. Technology is moving faster than we can think. 
And I actually saw something this morning that about 20 jobs, including content creators, copyright um, jobs are going to go. So what happens to people who have trained or mastered this art and some app can do it for you? Question then becomes, are you your job? How can you transfer the skills to be somebody else? And within each one of us, we will face a crisis. I think one of my favorite stories in the Bible, please be patient with me because I always have Bible story, was Elijah. Elijah accomplished something so big, proved that the God of Israel still existed and then goes into this whole panic. Oh my God, Lord, you're not, you know, I've been here. I've been doing this for you. I've been doing you this, doing that, doing that. And goes into this whole crisis to the point that he's like, God, take my life. And that's despair. And despair is something that you will experience. At some point of your life, you will. And the question is in the journey of that place of despair, you know, when we talk about suicidal ideation or the feeling of you do not want to continue with life, but you don't want to go down that path, what do you do and how do you chart your way out of this very tumultuous vortex? that is spinning faster than you and you can't even see the captain of the ship. I am sitting here trying to think, what more can I do? Perhaps should I go to sleep like Elijah and eat and sleep and eat because maybe some rest will help. And the rest is not just um, physical rest, as in sleep. There is rest of where you sit back and let the river flow as it's meant to be within its path. Because there is a path that is charted for you, including the obstacles. And I think the, the, the greatest fascination for me is watching a river when it's, it, it meets a boulder, it simply just splits in and becomes one again. Have you considered talking therapies? Um, I, I believe in talking therapy because I can sit there for 50 minutes, cuss out and, 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 and talk to somebody who helps to draw my thoughts together and hear what I am not saying or saying, and then translate it to um, a language that I can understand or that allows me to reflect and appreciate what is being put before me so that I can process it into my own language so that I can then apply what I call wisdom to my situation. Um, 
what do most people do when they experience these crises? Does your physiology have something to do with it? Does your temperament have to do something with it? Um, are you an oversensitive soul? And I say oversensitive in a very complimentary way because I have always been told I'm oversensitive and I'll never apologize for that because that's what gives me compassion towards another human being. Charlie said something else that was very important. I am more than what I am defining myself as. That is my who am I, not what I do. Perhaps it would be useful to take a pen to paper and write, I am one, two, three, four. And you write a list that you revisit to remind yourself in your loss who you are. I am funny. I am adventurous. I am quirky. I am smart. I am beautiful. I am proud of who I am, I am this, I am that, because the sentence, the minute you put I am, I am is a state of being. And I, I, and I thought that it was important to get somebody else's voice through my thick skull sometimes um, to hear that the very things that I know that are within me repeated back to me because a lot of times when we seek guidance or help, we already know these things. We just need the other voice to mirror what we already know about ourselves. Which brings me to the question, do you trust yourself? And, and, and that is a very important question because I always say in transitions don't make permanent decisions because everything's all over the place but can you trust your decision making outside the circumstances that are causing the existential crisis can I trust my decision making outside the grief that I'm feeling yes I do make some very smart decisions occasionally they are a bit loopy but really I do make good decisions. I have learned to make better decisions, not led by feelings all the time, but by wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, which means I have a decision to make, which for one, I need my family right now. I want to go home to Kenya. And I'm like, okay, what do I need to do? Time? Uh, cost, as we all know, things are expensive at the moment. Uh, it's rainy season. I'm not leaving rainy London to go to rainy Kenya. Um, what do I want to do? What do I what do I want to do with the period of that I want to be there to ensure that I replenish myself? Because at the moment, the thing that I need is the source of my being, which are my parents. I don't have grandparents anymore. My gammy passed away. Um, and But the source, the very source that understands me 
I need to reconnect with it because that disconnection affects me a lot. I'm going to pause that to answer something Charlie asked. He said, is it weird to not speak of your accolades? I don't think it's weird, and I, and I think of it answering the very same question I asked my therapist, and she said, culturally for me, as family, my ethnicity, talking about yourself was seen as pride. So one learned to hide their accolades so that they were not seen as proud by faith christianity also talks about humility but humility is seen not heard this is my definition it is in the way you behave towards yourself and other human beings so it is not strange that charlie is not able to speak of his accolades because there could be several environmental factors that have caused him to shy away from speaking of his accolades. But I'm going to remind you, Charlie, and I'm here, I'm sure you're listening to me, is that if you spoke of your accolades, nobody can see the intention of why you said you said when you need to say it so if you meet somebody and they ask you so charlie what do you do and you would say you know i do you know work with helping others um in understanding themselves you're actually not being prideful you're taking pride in what you do. Taking pride and being prideful are two very different things. Perhaps we need to unlearn what we have learned from our families, society, religion, that we can actually say, like I say casually, you know, everybody always says to me, Hi, how are you? I say my name is Bairimu. And then everyone looks at me, all my friends will turn and say, and I'm like, oh yeah, that that bit, yeah, I'm a best-selling author. Because it is not in me to bring this issue up. Yet when I have, I have made a, amazing connections with people who are authors and, and people who are like-minded who want to help people of black, Asian and ethnic minorities in this country become aware of the services that are available for mental health, which is one of my big things. So if, if you don't say what you have achieved or what you do or what you're good at, you're shortchanging your quote-unquote customer what the service that you are meant to do because somebody may be quietly listening, waiting for your answer. I hope that answers you, Charlie. That is my thought.
um, we're living in a world where culture is changing so quickly, it's like AI. And the challenge is to keep ourselves steady. There is a story of a man who built a house upon the rocks and one who built it on sand. I am a person of absolutes and I struggle with gray areas. And, and therefore, I would think that it's important um, during an existential crisis to embrace one, your feelings because you feel out of control or, over, or overwhelmed or despair, depending on what you're feeling. Sit with the feeling, but don't sit with it too long. It's sit with it and then what do we do? to get out of this funk. Two, manage your thoughts. I am a great person who advocates for getting rid of your stinking thinking. Um, I did a course on how to think. I was so shocked. I could not believe how stinky my thoughts were. And I had to learn to manage my thoughts. And one of, one of the ways I do is if I have a thought that sit well, that is negative, I either open my mouth and sing or I start talking to myself because it interrupts the thought, which gives me space to go back and say, hey, little lady, that ain't right because that is not you and that is not what you stand for. Managing our thoughts and our feelings will be paramount during difficult times because that it means that our behavior is not dictated to by temporary situations. As a man thinketh, so it is he. And sometimes we thinketh wrong. And so therefore, managing our thoughts and our feelings is very important. I have a fascination with vortexes. And if anyone knows what a vortex is, it's like you're in two spaces. And both spaces are holding a wind. Key thing is to figure out how to move out of the vortex safely so that you're not caught in the eye of the vortex, which is where all the debris is. Or to stand still until that vortex wind runs its course. Stand still. One of the hardest things to do. I will pick up on Charlie, something Charlie said that has come to mind. Having friends to reach out for. There is solitude and loneliness. I enjoy solitude, but in the difficult times, loneliness is one of the things that you've got to make the effort to reach out or at least have an accountability person who, if they don't hear from you within two, three days, 
they pick up the phone and call, hey, what's up? Just to make sure that there is somebody who is in continuous conversation with you. Please don't text. If you know one of your friends is going through a hard time, whether chronically ill, come through, if lost a sibling, lost a job, I'm begging you for the sake of other people, pick up the phone and call them. Tone, voice, connection, communication makes a very big difference for a lot of people. So that's just me. I'm going to try and not stay on for too long. I am thankful for Charlie for coming on and asking me questions and talking. I hope Charlie and I will chat again about something else or the other. I hope you will join me with questions. And I'd like to revisit this at some point when I'm not a bit wonky because I really need somebody who's walked through the loss of a sibling to help me myself out of this funky place. So you take care. God bless. And remember, God's got you and so has your family. Take care. God bless. Bye.